Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of the Ida Azlin show. I'm Ida, a writer who loves to talk and I can't wait for you guys to listen in to the conversation with my guest this week who is so inspiring, super positive and just all around major good vibes kind of guy, Mr. Ayman Azlin. Ayman is a youth mentor with one mission, to inspire responsibility in the youth. And he does this by crafting content that inspires them to help them design a life they want, to build unshakable confidence, and to prepare themselves for a committed and romantic relationship. Ooh, but... Honestly, guys, we covered so many things in this episode. We spoke about body issues. We spoke about marriage, fatherhood, the importance of talking to oneself. Yes, that's the thing. And um, I even asked him if anyone has ever called him out to be so annoyingly positive because he's just so positive. You got to listen into the episode to hear his super wise answer. And we also shared a movie recommendation. Side note, both Ayman and I cried watching this film. So you guys better check it out. And basically so many other things. And I'll let you guys listen in. But before that, here's a quick shout out to AA+. The proud sponsor for this week's episode. And also the premium membership platform that my team and I have created to help you feel more spiritually mentally and emotionally connected every day it's a good for your soul easy on the pocket membership program for the constantly curious and it's packed full of awesome content that will help you be closer to being your best version of yourself and we'd love for you to check us out simply head on over to aaplus.co not.com just co to get started and i look forward to sharing with you more good stuff over there but for now on to the show Editor, Cumor Music. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Ida Azlin Show. And today with me is another AA. <laughs> okay. The original AA, Ayman Azlan. The only AA that matters. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not fight in the first second of the podcast episode. So Ayman, I yep. spoke to you last year actually for AA+. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and even though today is the first time I'm meeting you in person, thank you so much again for coming here from Perlis, mashallah. I feel like I have, like I feel like I've known you for a while. <laughs> I think it's because, yes, because of that podcast episode we recorded last year, but also because like I think I grew up with your videos. Really? You grew up with okay my la, videos? Okay How la, old are you? Okay la, I'm, I'm, I'm not that young, but like, but it's true. Like in my early 20s, your videos were like, it was a source of entertainment for me. Alhamdulillah. Entertainment with a dish of motivation. It wasn't planned that way, you know? Really? Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling yeah. me like, because I remember asking you, what did you think about when you were recording your first episode? <laughs> it was very meta, right? You were saying? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was meta. It was... uh. I wanted to do a video, but I don't know what video should I do it on. And I am so nervous on making that video. Mm -hmm. That was the situation. Mm -hmm. And I thought, let's make a video about that situation. Mm. So the first video was about how difficult it was to make that first video. Mm -mm. 
Yeah. It was so like so many levels, man. I know. And I always remembered that answer of yours. And even speaking to you before we recorded this episode, you were saying that you always love to talk about the process of doing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think people need to be more aware of the journey rather than be fascinated about just the destination. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Because when people see me, they see you, they see oh, so many views, so many likes, so many this, so many that, but they don't see the process that we took to get there. Correct. Right? Correct. Like how many years did I make videos, speak to people, write books for you to just know me yesterday. Mm. Right? And you think to yourself, wow, this guy make it so easy. Yeah, because I've been doing it for eight years. You Mm. don't see it. Mm -mm. You don't see it. Mm -mm. So the idea of sharing the process I think is more important now than ever because mm. of that instant gratification that mm. we are accustomed to Correct. these days. Correct. So we just want to let people know that there's no such thing as instant success. Not yeah. for me, not for you, not for anybody. So I, that's the idea. I think it's dangerous if the success comes instantly. Oh yeah, yeah. I can right? see that, yeah. Like people always say, how do you get a viral video out? But then that's the thing. I have a very iffy feeling about having things being viral because... When it goes viral, it just goes like boom for a second. Like I'll rather work on like a slow, gradual process of success. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense because that's my life story. I'm lucky enough not to experience instant success. Mm. Even though I know it exists, but it's such a minority cases where you have a viral video that come out of nowhere. Yeah. But like you said, there's a danger to it because when when things happen too much too soon mm. and you're not prepared for it, mm. it's, it's a high probability that you're going to crash and burn. Correct. As opposed to if you gradually mm-hmm. build that success brick by brick, mm-hmm when it becomes a house, you're prepared solid, for it. Correct. And it's solid as well, right? Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to a rushed house. Correct. So there's a, there's a danger to things being instant and too fast, too soon. Okay, so I already like a lot of questions on my mind right now. Cool, cool, shoot. <laughs> okay, so like for me, being in this like online space, right? New people come every other day. There's always uh-huh. a new YouTube channel being made, new podcast. There's yeah. always something new every day. And that's why, like, there's always this, I, I wouldn't call it pressure, but, like, people's attention span right now are, like, super short. And that's why I love your approach of just taking your time with the process. And I think that is one of the reasons why you could be in this space for eight years. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Having said that, were there any period in your life doing this thing that you do where you feel burnout? Also, you know what I realized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't introduce you. Like, I just assume oh. everyone knows you. <laughs> okay, sorry, Iman. Can you, like, please do the honors okay. of introducing yourself? Okay, 10 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Iman Azlan. Full name, Muhammad Iman bin Azlan, but um, usually known as Iman Azlan, AA. I um, I hail all the way from Perlis. Um, I was born in Kelantan. I am a Kelantanese, but I've been living in Perlis for 20 plus years now. Inshallah. And people don't know that. People assume that just because you're a public figure, therefore you're in KL. That's what I thought. <laughs> and but then no. I was like, oh, let me get, get get a ticket. I'm like, what? Ticket from where? And I'm like, dude, I live in Perlis. I'm like, what? I live in Perlis, yeah. Uh, I like Perlis. And people ask me, like, why don't you move to KL? Because uh, mm. that's where, like, your, your clients is, are, yeah. your work is, and, like, more people are, like, expecting you to be from there. And I said, simply, 
I can work from anywhere. I don't mind. But I want my family to be somewhere peaceful. Mm. And I'm not like bashing KL ke apa ke, but it's mm. just the city life is not my life. Mm. It's not my wife's life. It's not our son's life. Mm. So I decided, we decided with my wife, in the very early stages of our marriage, we have to live somewhere peaceful. Okay. Like before, before kids were even in the picture. Like I for ourselves that. even. Mm. Because... Home should be a place where you unwind and should be a quiet place where you just relax and Correct. have peace of peace of mind, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we were trying to create. Alhamdulillah, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Um, even with kids. It's beautiful. So that's that's kind of like where I am, my story. And I just want to let get that out of the way because people still, still, even to this day, even you assume <laughs> that I'm from KL. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, I work here a lot uh, mm-hmm. with for shows, for projects, for talks and mm-hmm. whatnot, right? But I live in Perlis. I'm happy there. And I even started uh, a kindergarten back in Perlis called Kinderkaisen. Um, so yeah, happy. Is that happy, your happy, new happy, baby happy. right now? Your new project? Yeah, it's a big, big, annoying baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say it's, that. A, it's a new business that I didn't plan on getting. Uh-huh. But it's a business that I saw... A necessity for me to venture into. I think because you're a father, you're always thinking about the education of your children. Yeah, well... And there was like a, a, a mm, gap there, I guess. I'm thinking about my, my son's happiness, actually. Yeah. Um, education, yeah. It's a byproduct of it. But most importantly, I'm thinking about, about my son's happiness. And you know, just a, little bit, a bit of a tangent, it's quite weird that I find it difficult to find a place where my son can just play and be a child mm. you have no idea how difficult it is to just find a place for that and that alone mm. i mean places that i've checked they always have this this pressure putting on like kids like four five-year-olds you have to read you have to write you have to learn this learn that i'm like chill i just want my son to play mm. and because i see a need to have a space for that for my son mm-hmm. and evidently for other kids as well mm-hmm. I decided with my wife that, you know, we should do it ourselves lah. Mm. Because we were waiting for somebody to start something like yeah. this back home. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we waited for a year and no nobody okay. did anything. People have the intention to do it. Mm. And I respect that. But mm. um, it takes a lot to for actually sure. do it. So, yeah, it took a lot for me and my wife to actually took the leap and started it. But we're happy that it did. Mm. And now mm. it's been wonderful. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless it and yeah. continue to give you and your wife success. So that's my story, ladies and gentlemen. That's me, Ayman Azlan. A father of two from Perlis with a kindergarten and also a speaking gig once in a while. MashaAllah. And a few books. MashaAllah. Alright, so it's a very selfish reason. But one of the reasons why I got you here is to kind of like learn from you in terms of like... Because this is my first podcast series, so-called. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, and you've been doing podcasts for a while. Yeah, yeah. you could say that, yeah. So I want to know your process since you're Mr. Process. How do you like <laughs> come up with the guests that you want to interview? How do you like decide on who you want to get? Do you stalk them on Instagram? How do you do research? Do you prepare? I want to know everything, your process. <laughs> All right, so you're talking about couple talk, right? Yes, I guess because, Is it? That's, that's, because that's, that's the, the one most... that I did with... 
with guests. Yeah, correct. My own show, Be Unshakable with Ayman Azlan, there's no guests. Yeah, there. I want to know the difference also. Yeah. Like, I can't do a show on my own. Like, how do you hype yourself for half an hour? Well, it's like vlogging, but without a camera. It's just audio, but vlogging, audio vlogging. Vlogging is like, just, okay, for me, la, my vlogs is five minutes, ten minutes. Ah. You know, I, I cannot talk to myself for half an hour. I can't. Practice, I guess. Okay. Practice, I guess. I'm I'm always uh, talking to myself, not in a crazy way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just you know, you have thoughts that you entertain mm-hmm. with yourself, right? And that is, it, in a way, you are speaking to yourself because you are entertaining that thought. You macam you have moments where you macam Ida. Kenapa you macam tu? And you're talking to yourself, right? And you're like, well, maybe this is a good idea. I just want to try it out. And then you have this conversation with yourself that could last half an hour in your head. So basically, you just put whatever that's in your head outside mm-hmm. and just speak to yourself outside. And and put the thing Spotify. is, the thoughts that you have in your head could be beneficial to other people right. who are listening. Mm. So for the first show, Be Unshakable with Ayman Azlan, where I basically just talk to myself, it's just me entertaining topics. Mm. Entertaining topics that I got from my audience, maybe topics from my own life experiences, mm-hmm. and just put it in an audio form and just blast it on the internet uh, for people to listen to on the commute. I think I get this whole thing about talking to yourself kind of thing. And I think I do it too, but I do it in the form of writing my love letters. I think that space is where I talk to myself. Yes. So yeah. that's that's where you and I have a bit of a different like methodology of exactly. talking to yourself. But we still talk to ourselves. <laughs> even though, even though um, I'm an author... I'm a bad writer. Okay, elaborate, mm, please. Meaning, um, if you ask me, you can, you can, you can talk to all my publishers, all my editors. They'll say the same thing. It's very difficult to get this guy to write a book. Mm. You have to really push the words out on that piece of paper for me. But if you ask me to speak, I can speak all day, pages all day long. So it's just differences in basically how we communicate. I mean, you use mm. your love letters I use my voice Faham. my speaking voice Faham. so it's basically the same thing that we do it's just in a different platform Mm-mm. so that's it got it but you have your Tuesday love letters which is good yeah I'm trying to be better you do have at your it I have my newsletter but not as good your as yours your newsletters are short though yeah it's maybe very because short. you speak to yourself for half an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's different it's very very weird you know it's like when I'm writing a different brain turns up interesting uh, I can't write Long, winding sentences, stuff. stuff. But I can talk a lot. So I don't know. Maybe somebody can explain that to me. You you, you know who you need to teach? My husband who speaks nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, does he write? He writes beautifully. Cool. But, but he writes slow. Ah. Yeah. But anyways, so I guess this is what I've learned just from talking to you for the first 10 minutes. It's just everybody have thoughts in their heads. Everybody is trying to figure something out. But the way we do it, the output, the methodology mm. differ from person to person and whatever rocks your boat. Mm. Okay, let's go back to couple talk. Couple talk, cool. Yeah, so how, how what is the process? Do you decide yeah. who you want on your show? So couple talk is interesting because number one, it's not my show. Okay. I know I host it, yeah. right? So it's kind of look at my, like my show, but it's a it's a show done by Dops TV. Okay. Dops TV, Dean of Peace uh, TV. So they offered me the role to host this show. Mm-hmm. 
So the way we collaborated on it is that we we go back and forth suggesting who we should I have see. on the show. So it's a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. And they will invite all the people in because oh. they have the network, they have the contacts and everything. Oh. So I'm just there to be the person who will have a conversation with these people. Okay, but you still have to like know who you're going to speak to, no? Yes, yes. So that's what, that's what I want to know. This is my process in speaking with people. Number one, I'm not a trendy guy. Meaning uh-huh. like if you have a celebrity in front of me, I may not know anything about that celebrity. Uh-huh. It's a celebrity, but I don't know nothing about the celebrity. Mm. And I think that's my strength because I'm not, like in front of you like fanboying it out like, I oh think my that god. would be just be weird oh my god oh you are here of course I know who you are mm. I know you're a very famous person very respectable but I'm not a fanboy of you mm. so I'm here just to listen to your story mm-hmm. just to get to you to know you Got better it. and just like you I want to learn from you yeah so that's my spirit in all my conversations mm. on couple talk mm-hmm. and I think because people have come to me and they say that you know, the guests feel very comfortable with you. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I don't want to toot my own, own horn, but I think it's because I don't come off as a fan. You know, with all due respect to fans out there, because I have fans, so I know I know how they behave when they see me. Yeah. And I, and I respect them because they support my work, yeah. right? And it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, to come up to you and be like, oh, exactly. I it's not easy. Yeah. And I have people that I adore and admire, and I know the nervous feeling when you Correct. want to approach them. Correct. But this is a different angle that I'm talking about. If you if you don't come off as a fan. They don't have this, you know. I think they don't have this pressure to this be pressure, a yes, certain way. That's the word. Mm. This pressure to 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 f- fulfill your expectation as my fan, Correct. right? So they just chill mm. with me, mm. and they share things, and they even share things that they don't even realize that. Oh, I'm not. I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. Yeah. So that's the kind of conversation that I would love to have on Couple Talk because mm. it's it's about real conversations, and that's my process in getting there. Yeah. To make the guests comfortable mm. and to set up a very homey environment Correct. such that they're free and safe to, to share, share anything. Mm. And I don't judge them, even body language, mm. to, to suggest that I am judging you. Mm. Because when you do that, people have this thing where they can sense that you're judging them yeah. even though you don't say anything. Yeah. So you really have to be aware of it because when somebody is sharing you their story, you have to respect the story mm-hmm. even though you don't agree with the story. That's very true. And once you show that, they'll tell you more stories. Mm. So you know what I always thought when I watch and I saw a couple talk, I'll be like, isn't it not fair that Ayman do not have an episode of couple talk with his own wife? <laughs> Like, how can you have a couple talk and you don't have your wife there? <laughs> That's, wait. That's a golden question. Wait, wait, I have a question also. Does your wife watch your shows? That's a good question. Or I she's d- like, oh, come on, I live with this guy, I don't want. You know what? I don't know. You never asked? I don't know. Um, it's not like uh, I don't want her to watch my show. Mm-hmm. I just don't expect her mm-hmm. to watch my show. Mm-hmm. It's her choice. She wants to watch it. Sure, she doesn't watch it. It's fine. But I know she she watches some, not all. She watches some. Okay. But I don't like put the expectation or the pressure that uh-huh. you have to watch each of my show because I you're see. my wife. You see? Interesting. So because that's not for me. For me, Karim, you better read every single <laughs> newsletter, watch every single blog, <laughs> listen to every single podcast. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's 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 just the differences in couples, I think. Yeah. I think. But that that's how I am with my wife. I don't force her to do things. I love that you guys have this, you know, sense of respect between each other. She respects the work that you do, you respect her space, you respect her boundaries. And you guys, you know, live harmoniously with that sense of respect between you two. Yeah, because, you know, the person who decided to become a public figure is just me and me alone. Yeah. I didn't like discuss with Ngoi, let's become popular. No, mm-hmm. it's just me and me alone. So if she wants to be popular with me, that's her choice. I welcome it. If she doesn't want to become popular, also I respect that. Mm. So it's not like just because you're popular, therefore your spouse has to be popular by definition. Yeah. No. Yeah. You have to understand each individual has their own lives to live. Yeah. If she doesn't want to be in the limelight, let her be. Yeah. Right? The couple talk thing, I do want her on my show. Really? Because I think there's benefit in in sharing with others the way my wife and I speak to each other. Yeah. Right? Not to gloat or whatever, but just to share. This is how we communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that depends on her if she wants to. If mm. she doesn't want to, it's okay. Mm. Because here's the thing. And I think this is, this is important for all couples out there. Whose approval you're seeking. If my wife doesn't want to show herself to the world, it's not like she disrespected me or she doesn't want to show to the world how great our love is. I don't need that. Mm. So I don't need the world's approval to show that I'm in love with my wife, you see? Yeah. So Because unfortunately, that's what the world has become. Yeah, exactly. So I don't need that. So if the world doesn't know the relationship that I have with my wife, it's fine. As long if as the you world and your knows, wife. it's fine. This, it, does, it doesn't change anything mm. about the chemistry between me and my wife because we don't seek other people's approval. That's great. I think that's a healthy way to go about any relationship Correct. Um, for anyone who's listening yeah. out there. Because it's very, it's, very it, it takes the pressure off, man. Mm. Really, you, you become more relaxed. Um, it's just you and your husband or you and your wife. And you're just, you're just thinking about making sure that your relationship is healthy. Mm. You're not thinking about, oh, we have to tell people about this. No, you don't That's have so to. That's so tiring. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, it's tiring. Why do you want to report to people about They're not your boss. <laughs> no need to. Not that you say it that way. It makes a lot of sense. I'm talking about boss. You are your own boss. Uh, uh, yeah, in a way, yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, and I want to know, like, maybe you can give an advice to young people who are planning or thinking of being their own boss, doing their own things. Oh, um, yeah. I recommend it, but I just don't want people to romanticize it. Mm. What I mean by romanticizing it is when you have this fantasy in your head that if I'm my own boss... Life is going to be easy. Yeah, right. It's going to be super dope. Yeah, like right. I'm going to have my own thing going on. My business is going to go well. Um, you and I both know that's not the case. Um, the reason why I recommend being your own boss is just one reason and one reason only. Mm-hmm. You control your income. Oh, for me, I control my time. Well, it's time same, time right? and income is yeah. the same thing. Yeah. When you're a businesswoman and businessman, time and income is the same thing. Exactly. So you control your time and your income. Mm. That's the only reason why I would recommend it to people. But if you're not aware of that and you only just want the glamour of it, don't do it. Correct. Because you're going to be 
you're going to be beaten down by the reality of being your own boss. You're going to be disappointed that it's not glamorous at all. It's not. Because if you don't do the work, you don't put in the time, you're not going to get the income. And you're, you're going to be like, wait, where's the yacht? Where's the, where's, the, uh, where's the big house? Where's the big car? Well, you're not going to get it if you don't put in the hard work. That's what okay. I talk about when we talk about the process. Mm. You see, people see other self-employed people and they see them in their glamorous light. But what they, what they don't see is that all the blood, sweat and tears that they put in to get to that point. Mm. So yeah, I'm my own boss. I'm happy. I am fortunate. And I don't want it any other way. But if other people want to do the same, I recommend it. But you have to be sure that you have the the guts to 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 do it, basically. Yeah. Because beyond what you see on the magazine or on social media, it's really... Just hard work. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard work. You mentioned blood, sweat and tears. Do you have a memorable or unforgettable experience where you actually cried? Cried? <laughs> okay, like, not like changing cry, you know, but just like... Because of like work? Because it's it's so tough. Because ah, Or I don't know. Interesting question. Now, I'm flashing back eight years. Can't think of one moment where I cried because it's so tough or it's so... I mean, there are moments where it's tough and it's happy. Moments when you don't have enough cash in the bank. Mm. Moments when you can't balance family and work. Mm. Oh, there are lots of those moments. Mm. You can't balance family and work. And in those moments, I usually turn to my wife and discuss things. Mm. I usually tell them, um, Mira, this that's my wife's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having this issue. I'm having this difficulty. Um, I need help and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are the mem- memorable ones where um, I reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you got to understand that to admit that you need help, to ask for help, that's like a moment of vulnerability right there. It is. The thing is, I trust my wife. Of course, you have to. You have to, but it's not something that you do automatically. Mm. You know, you have to earn it. And because of that trust, I am comfortable being vulnerable with her. Mm. I'm not comfortable being vulnerable with just anybody. For sure. Because vulnerability is you exposing yourself to harm, basically. Mm. Because she could easily harm me at that point of vulnerability. Mm. You see? But because you trust the person, and this is very important in in any relationship, if you don't trust your spouse, then you're not going to be open to share that moments of weaknesses with your spouse. Mm. And if you cannot share your moments of weaknesses with your spouse, who whom, else, right? whom you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with and share not only the things that people know, but there are things that you share with your wife, your husband, that even your mother doesn't know. Correct. So if that person, you're not comfortable with sharing your moments of weakness, then who else? Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah, those moments are the moments that I remember because... Um, those moments is where your relationships are tested. Yeah. And you can tell what's real, what's not. Mm. So yeah, there are moments like that, especially uh, family and work. I'm still struggling with it now. To balance it. Balance right? it out. Like uh, my sons need my attention. My wife needs my attention. I need my attention. And my work needs my attention. But you have to balance all of that at the same time. But that's the reality of being your own boss. You mm. have to. You have to. Whether you like it or not, find that balance. Mm. And I think... No one has that formula figured out. It's always like a process of trying to see what works. 
Yeah, because and what works for me might not work for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's a personalized thing. It's not. It's not a black and white where this is what I do. Therefore, if you copy paste my way, it's gonna work for you. Correct. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's something personalized. You can take principles and ideas from people, but if you apply it to your life, you have to make sure that it fits your circumstances. Mm-hmm. If not, it's not gonna work. Mm. That's true. Okay, Ayman, I've I've always been curious to ask you. So you write, you speak, you have online classes. If you had to choose, which one's your favorite? Speak, write, online classes. If I had to choose, speak. Yeah, because you can speak all day, right? You say. Yeah, that's that's my strength. The reason why is because when I speak, I speak to a person directly. Yeah. As opposed to writing or online class, I cannot see the person. Mm. But even with that limitation, I still write. Mm. I still do online classes mm. because there's merit to each of those platforms. For sure. But if you ask me for my favorite, it's definitely speaking because you have that real-time interaction with people. Mm. And within speaking, which is already my favorite, right? My favorite part of speaking is Q&A because it's unscripted. Yeah. It's, nobody prepares anything. Yeah. And it's something that's on the spot. Yeah, which is why you're great at podcasts. Alhamdulillah. Because this podcast is basically an hour long of Q&A. <laughs> we have no script. Um, we have no topics prepared whatsoever. But okay, on that note, right, I've gotten a lot of emails from ladies who ask for advice in terms of building confidence uh-huh. when it comes to presentation. Yeah. Um, because you got to do a lot of that in school. And like, we might not know this, but we are always pitching something to another person. I know it comes supernatural to you, but like for some of us, is it though? I mean, if you <laughs> like speaking and like, yeah, I mean, not everyone's like you, okay? <laughs> what advice would you, would you give? Well, one thing is that I made it look natural. Eshena, eshena. Yeah, I made it look natural, but it's not. Uh. It's not natural. It's something that you build overly. Like I said, again, process. Mm. Process. So let me just tell you a little bit about, about my process because I think your audience can relate. I had, and to a certain degree still have, body image issue. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, you said I'm natural confident, but no. When I was 12, okay. my friends make fun of me because I, I have a curvy body. That is so interesting. I would not expect this from a guy. Get it? To have body yeah. image issues. I, don't only I was girls. 12 at the time. Uh, standard 6 in Malaysia. So my friends make fun of me. It's, it was like kids, you know, yeah. at 12. You don't, so you don't, I don't think it's bullying? Well... You could say that. Mm. You could say that. But at the time, you're 12. They're 12. So right now, I'm 30. So I'm like, oh, they're kids. Okay. Right? It's it's, it's something that you shouldn't do. I'm not con- I'm not supporting it in any way, shape or form. But mm. I understand the mindset. They're mm. kids. Okay. They're going to make these stupid mistakes. Okay. So I was 12 and they made fun of me because of my curvy body. So okay. since I was 12, I had issue with my curvy body. <laughs> Yeah. I cannot keep a straight face whenever you say curvy body. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you a picture. Um, bo- there are different body types. Okay. Right? Certain body types, at the back, there's curves. Okay. Like your bottom has curves, right? Okay. And there are some guys who have flat bottom, they just go straight. Okay. All right? I, I'm, I, I'm always envious of the flat bottom guys. Okay. Because they don't have any curves there. Okay. Because of those in, that incident where where uh, I got made, made fun of. Mm. The, the point that I'm making is that I got 
major confidence issue with my my body mm. for the longest time and it's only when i was in university that i confronted that issue head on and try to process the situation and try to be okay with whatever that i have because body types is biological mm. can't change your body type i mean you can change like losing weight and you can change that but mm-hmm. body type It's different to change. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. So I just learn to accept it as mm-hmm. I go along. And the reason why I'm mentioning it to your audience is because I know for a lot of women, mm-hmm. they have body issues. Correct. And, and they make this equation that if you want to be confident, you have to have the right body. Mm. Or you got to look like super beautiful exactly. or something like that. And that equation is a dangerous equation. I've been there, I know. Mm. Because... You equate your worth to like how your body looks that's not only not that good, right? it goes it goes much deeper mm. you equate your worth to something that's beyond your control uh. it goes much deeper than that mm. what do I mean by that well like I said body type is biological you get the body type that Allah gave you that's it right that's number one number two other people's comments about your body is something that you dictate can't control your confidence yeah. and you cannot control what people Correct. say right mm. you could be in the gym right getting the six packs and somebody says you know your six packs not rip enough mm. that's it mm. confidence gone so when you equate your inner confidence with something that's outside especially things that are beyond your control mm. therefore your confidence is not in your control and mm. when your confidence is not in your control that's when you get into trouble that's mm. when you get anxiety issues mm. that's when you go, that's when you feel like if i go on stage i'm doomed mm. because you feel that on stage I'm nothing. I can't control anything. Mm. So what I teach people, even in my online class, is that you have to take back the control. Put your confidence in yourself inside, not outside. Mm. Focus on the things that you actually can control. Like what? You can control your principles. Yeah. Like what you choose to become your principle in life, you can definitely control that. Mm. What you choose to be the values that you hold that makes you a human being, you can control that. Mm. The friends that you choose to hang out with, you can control that. How you treat people, you can, you control, can control that. that. Well. And once you take back the control of your own confidence, that's when you can step on stage at any moment in time and own that stage. Mm. You still feel nervous. Obviously, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Nervousness is something that you still feel. Mm. I still feel nervous today when I'm on stage, even though I've been doing it for eight years. But... The difference between confident nervous and just nervous nervous is that if you're confident, your nervous follows you. Yeah. If you're not confident, you follow your nervousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you Ooh. shake and you break and you crash and burn. And that's when people start to get this fear and they email you. <laughs> that's the point where they email you to ask for help. I see. So it's about taking over the control of... You're taking con- back taking the control. Back control. Taking back. That's true. Because kids have it. Mm. Naturally, they have it. They lose it once they get educated. Not just in school, by the way. Educated by the parents. Educated by the friends. Educated by the masses. When they acquire these ideas that you got to look in a certain way, that's education. Mm. You got to look this way, therefore you become beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore people appreciate you. Yeah. And therefore people will see you as a woman. Yeah. That's, That's true. education. That's true. So also, also the process of unlearning what you have been taught. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough. tough. 
I don't know if it's a guy or girl thing, but how I did it was that number one, I acknowledge it. Mm. Don't run away from it. Don't avoid it. Don't deny it. Mm. Acknowledge that you have this issue. And once you acknowledge it, try to pinpoint, okay, at what point in my life that this problem started? So I pinpointed when I was 12 mm. because I remember it vividly. Mm. I even remember the name that they called me. So mm. it's a vivid memory. So I know that it started somewhere there. Mm-hmm. And once you have made that first step, the next step is to process. Now, when I say process, it means that you have to go deep into the those insecure thoughts that you have about your body. Like what, what problem do you have with it? Mm. Just because you have a curvy body, just because you don't have a flat bottom like other guys. So you have to go deep and just really ask yourself those honest questions. What do you want? And what, what value do you get out of this? You mean, does, does this mean that if you have that body, you'll be happy? Mm. Is that what it means? Mm. And if that's what it means, then are you really serious in equating your happiness to just your body image? Yeah. So having this conversation back and forth with yourself is how you process it and go deep into the most basic of things. And that is what actually makes you happy. Mm. Right? Is it really your body? Yeah. That's true. If that's the case, then your ha- your happiness is super superficial. Yeah, it's not a good investment to invest your happiness in something so superficial. So you have, so you go deeper. Okay, if if it's not my body, then what is it? I go for my values, I go for my character, my religion, my faith. So when you go there, nobody can touch it. Correct. And once you go, once you have go to that depth, then perhaps you can say, I'm okay with my body. Yeah. This is my shape. Of course, it doesn't mean that I don't like, I don't aspire to exercise or lose weight. You know, it's not about losing weight or exercise. It's just the body shape that I'm, yeah. I have an issue with. So I just be okay with the shape. I can't control the shape. I can go to exercise. I can do uh, eat well, eat better and so on and so forth. But I cannot control the shape because that's my issue since, since I was told. The shape, they make fun of my shape. Can you imagine that? Make fun of your shape. I can't imagine that. <laughs> oh my God. I'm still trying to not I mean, if, if they call me like fat or whatever, okay, maybe I could go to the gym and, and lose, lose weight. weight. But they make fun of the shape. So there's something that you cannot control. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. You spoke about happiness just now. You touched on it and how like you should not invest your happiness in something superficial, but a lot more substantial, like your principles, true. your yes. faith. Um, and I have a question actually about happiness. Number one, if happiness was the national currency, okay, what kind of work would make you rich? <laughs> what I'm doing now. Yeah. Exactly what I'm doing now. This is what makes me rich. I, I actually I feel rich already. Mashallah. Uh, because you do something that that you look forward to doing mm. every single day. You wake up. You can't wait to to do the work that you do, that's that's richness beyond money. I mean, of course, I'm not like rich money-wise, but I'm rich in terms of just feeling satisfied. Yeah. You know, I go to work, I end my work day and I feel like, okay, I have done something great today. That's great. Or this week or this month, I've done something great. Like coming here, I've done something great. Because I look forward to do this. Even though, you know, you could argue or you have to book a flight, you have to spend time away from your family. Yes, those things are are costs that I have to endure, incur. But at the end of the day, it's something that satisfies me. That's great. It's something that, that adds to the richness of my life. So when you ask me that question, no doubt what I'm doing right now... Makes you rich. 
is my richness. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. That's great. Also, Ayman, it's very easy for me and I'm sure for anyone who have met you, spoken to you, to feel this energy of positivity with you. Mm-hmm. Um, has anyone ever come to you and like, Ayman, you're so positive, it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, aren't you sad ever? Uh, nobody ever said that. Huh. For someone who thought that but don't say, you know, like well, maybe maybe people thought of it, but yeah. they, they they never, they never like said, said it, it to my face, or maybe I just forgot about it. Yeah, because you're so positive. I don't, I don't focus on it. <laughs> you're so but, positive. <laughs> but but rest assured, I am a normal guy. Mm-hmm. I do get annoyed, angry. I mean, you ask my wife, um, you ask my sons if they can speak. Uh, I do get angry and annoyed. But the thing is. Being positive, okay, there are two camps of positivity. We talked oh, we about talk it, about this. right? You remember? Yes. There are two camps of positivity. One, the positive person who denies negativity. Yeah. That's one camp. Yeah. Like if, you, if you're if you in pain, you're not in pain. It's just an experience. No, I am in pain. What are you talking about? I am in pain. So you. Yeah. that's one camp of positivity, denying negativity. Yeah. But I'm not in that camp. Mm-hmm. I'm, in a, I'm in a different camp where I don't deny negativity. I accept it. I embrace it. But I don't dwell on it. Mm. You know, with every negativity, there has to be something positive to look forward to. Mm. And this is actually something that I learned from the Quran. It's not something that is alien to our faith. Psychologies or whatever. Psychology also have backed up this but most importantly in the Quran there is a story that relates exactly to this do you want to share uh, yeah sure it's something that I learned from Noman Ali Khan he, he came to Canada one year for this big convention called RIS I attended that convention and he shared with me this story from this verse I remember it to this day this is probably from 2012 or something okay so I was there in the audience. I remember this speech. I remember that verse. I remember this story. So it's a verse from Surah Ibrahim number seven, verse number seven. So verse number seven is something that probably m- many of us know. The verse says, if you show me gratitude, I'll increase you. Yeah. Right? It's something that people put on cards. They put on like Instagram uh, uh, Instagram accounts. But there's a, there's a story behind that verse that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. And if you follow the story from verse 1 to 7, you know the story. Okay. So the story goes, it's revealed to Musa alayhi salam. Mm-hmm. At a time when Fir'aun enacted this policy where all sons oh, who are yeah. born will be killed immediately. Yeah, That's the policy. Yeah. And imagine you live in that era where it's the policy of the government. If you have son, that son's going to die yeah. immediately. So Musa salam, was standing in front of the sea of people, his people, who are devastated. Many of them have lost their sons because of this policy. Killed, cold-blooded, probably in front of them because they have son. Now, what would you say to a crowd like that? Wow. Okay, let's not go that, that extreme. La. Let's say your friend failed an exam. What would you say? I have no idea. Try better next time. Try better. <laughs> or be patient. That's yeah. another way that people People always say. say be patient. Be patient, right? Yeah. That's what we expect if somebody were to uh, experience hardship. So we expect, because Musa is waiting for the revelation to come down. He, have, he doesn't know what to say. He's just waiting for the revelation to come down. The people in front are devastated, waiting for whatever Musa is trying to deliver. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting. What, what, what will Allah say? We expect maybe be patient. We expect maybe uh, some sort of like reward because, because you lost your son. We expect something like that, a consolation, right? 
And then the verse came down. And the verse says, show me gratitude. And I'll give you more. And I'll increase you. Like, what? Wait, wait, wait. You know I just lost my son, right? Right? How, how can I be grateful? And you're talking about gratefulness? Yeah, how can you talk about gratitude? If somebody else other than Allah say that to you, you'll be, you'll be well in your rights to slap that guy in the face. But oh. this is Allah who's talking it to you. Of course he knew. Yeah. Of course he knew you lost your sons. Yeah. He was there. But the point of the verse is not for you to dwell in what you lost. It's for you grateful. to look at what you still have. Because that's the key for you to move on with your life. Mm. Because that's what you need to focus on right now. Yes, you lost your son. I know it's painful, right? You cried. I know you cried. I counted every tears. But you have to move on. Mm. There's still a lot more to look forward to. Mm. How do you move on? Show me gratitude. I'll increase you. And the, the interesting thing is that Allah never specify How increase, increase in you. what? Yeah. Wealth? More sons, maybe? Oh my god. No I idea. Think, I think I watched that lecture on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. I was there in the audience, oh, baby. Oh, I will look for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a memorable, memorable experience that I have, which like changed my perception of gratitude, per mm -hmm. se. Because I mean, that story is is I would say the most extreme in terms of like lost, in terms of what you lost, what you could lose in life, right? There's nothing more that you could lose other than your son, your child. And even in that extreme moment of lost, Allah says, show me gratitude. Why? And the reason, the, the, the way that I see is that this is how you move on. Yeah. Because what good is it for you to dwell in that lost? You're going to be deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. in pain. And you'll never get it back. You'll never, you're get, never back gonna get it back. Never going to get it back. Plus, your son's already, already with Allah. Just wait for your time. You're going to be reunited anyway. Yeah. So if you ask when, when when you ask me about my positivity, I think it came from that. Um, this idea that yeah, my life is not perfect. I have so many things messed up in my life. Uh, I have so many things that I could be angry at right now. I could complain about right now, but I choose not to. Alhamdulillah. Mm, and maybe that's why You're Allah positive. increased me in, in 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 so many other ways. Yeah, like I'm more calm. Maybe Allah increased me in my calmness. Uh, I feel rich even though I'm not like, you know, hanging around with, with, with Lamborghinis and stuff. But I feel rich. Maybe that's an increase. Mm. Uh, my wife is so supportive. Maybe that's an increase. I have two beautiful sons. Maybe that's an increase. So you have no idea the type of increase that Allah will give you just because you are grateful. grateful. And gratefulness, I don't see it as an act. An act is something that you do and it ends after you stop. Eating is an act. You don't eat all the time. You eat, you stop. You stop eating. Gratefulness is a state. Mm. You're oh. in that state all the time. Such a quotable. So it's not an act. It's not like, oh, I'm grateful now at this moment in time and then I'm not grateful. No, it's a state. You're always grateful. Mm. Be in that state mm. and whatever happens in your life, yes, it's painful. I'm not denying that. Again, I'm not in the camp of denying negativity. It sucks sometimes. Mm. But always look forward to the beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah. That's a beautiful... There's a movie that I want to recommend to all you guys. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's called Collateral, Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. Will Smith, uh, Helen Mirren, oh, Kira Knightley. Wait, she lost her... He, he lost, lost his, his daughter. daughter. Sorry. I think I watched it. I cried. I was on a plane and I watched that show and I cried. He I was cried twice. 
Because Action. I watched this, the movie twice. This AA always want to win, you know. I cry once, he cried twice. You know? <laughs> I, I watched the movie twice. Both times I cried like a baby. <laughs> you should watch it if you want to understand the, the idea of gratefulness and the idea, this thing of moving on. That's the that's the point I want people to focus mm. on as well. Moving on with your life and being in that state of gratefulness will enable you to continuously move on mm. to the next step. Because so many people, so many people are stuck, Aida. Mm. They're stuck. And 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 I Stuck feel the for past. them. Stuck in the past, you know. Um, some people come to come up to me that like I was I was rejected, and then there's another guy come into my life wants to be my husband, but I can't accept the guy because I'm still hurt from the rejection. So Man, stuck, yeah. stuck. So collateral beauty. Mm. In other words, in moments when things seem to be destroyed, notice the beauty that comes out of it. Mm. That's what it means by collateral beauty. Oh yeah, you I, get get I get it. I get it. Collet- I get it. Collateral beauty. We usually use the term collateral damage. Yeah, meaning the damage that was done because of un- something uh, uh, not planned because of something that that yeah. you did. You bomb a place. Collateral damage yeah. happens to a building that you don't yeah. plan on destroying that building. Collateral beauty is that damage was done, but you see something. The beauty that comes out of that damage mm. collateral beauty mm. I think as a believer like you know you know that a hadith where Rasulullah said the state of the believer is always good right something yeah. good happens to it's him. amazing it's kind of weird that a believer is always in a state of good yeah <laughs> and only a believer understands this yeah. that when something good happens he's grateful for it and mm. And if something bad happens, then he's patient for it and that's yeah. good for him. So, yeah, collateral beauty. I, I did not think about the title that deeply like you. But now that you you talk about it, I realized that there were pretty significant moments in my life where things did not go the way I wanted it to go, but there were a bunch of collateral beauty. Yeah, I, I I just noticed the the significance of the title the second time I watched the movie, so mm. I have to watch it again to actually get the get the the deeper idea. Faham. So I didn't get it the first time, so I get it the second time. Got it. Okay, guys, recommended by both AAs, so please <laughs> watch it. Netflix, please sponsor this episode. Please, <laughs> I need the money. Okay, so I want to play kind of like a game with you. Yeah, Shut go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, the game lah, but. You know, I have like a few questions that I want to ask. Wait, are we at the end? Come on, let's let's do more. <laughs> yeah, because you can talk all day. <laughs> the, my editor is like, okay, wrap okay, it up, okay, wrap okay. it up. Okay, because you're an editor. All right. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. If you could spend a day with one fictional character, who would it be? Oh, fictional character. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I have to think. Alamak, fictional character. Do you, um, wait, do you read fiction or mostly non-fiction? Oh, I don't read nonfiction. I watch nonfiction. I watch a lot of movies, but I don't read nonfiction. I read. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what's you the question? It, you got it wrong. I got you it wrong. Read. You watch fiction. I watch fiction, but you I read, read nonfiction. nonfiction. Yeah, got it. Okay, sense. so you said nonfiction character. No, oh, fiction fictional character. character. Okay, fictional. Okay, so I get, I get what it right. What even is non-fiction character? So I don't know. I have no idea. So okay, fiction character that I want to spend a day with. Yeah. Fiction character. Fiction character. Oh, Patch Adams. Patch Adams. I've never seen before lah. Robin Williams. Patch Adams. Oh. Why? But, but, but he's like fiction and non-fiction at the same time. Patch Adams is a movie about a doctor named Patch Adams. A real doctor. He's, 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 he's a real, a real deal. 
but the movie fictionalized him, mm. uh, but based on a true story. So Robin Williams played this doctor, original name Hunter Adams, but he called himself Patch Adams because... He patched um, people up. He patched people up, exactly. So uh, I would love to spend a day with this particular fella because the way he sees the world. So he's a doctor who don't believe in the idea of non-transference. So if you're a doctor, you probably know this. Non-transference means that you can't have a personal relationship with your patient because it'll judge your, oh. it'll cloud your judgment or things like that. I don't know if they still have it, but in the movie, that's the problem. Uh-huh. So he doesn't believe in it. He says that you can't, you can't be a doctor without having personal relationship with your patient. You have to be, you have to be human with your patient, right? So he introduced this idea that we should humanize the patient. Mm. We don't call the patient patient number one. Call yeah. call them by their by name, name, right? You don't deliver a, a news to them in like a straight face. Like, yeah, you, you only have 20 days to leave without like trying to be compassionate. Exactly, exactly. Okay, another question I'm going to ask you. Good. You're having lunch with three people you respect and admire. Uh-huh. They all start criticizing a close friend of yours, not knowing that that person is your friend. Okay. The criticism is unjustified. Uh-huh. What do you do? Call him out. Call him? Call them out. Call them out. You're going to call them out? Yeah. I mean, the key phrase that you mentioned is that their criticism is unjustified. So I'll call them out. I would say that's not fair. Mm -hmm. It's not true. And you shouldn't say that. Even if they are like people you respect and admire, probably your boss or something. Well, yeah. Here's the thing about respect that I want people to understand. Your respect for other people should not diminish your respect for yourself. Mm. meaning when you see somebody you respect, you don't lose respect of yourself, mm. you know? And if you know that thing is wrong, you shouldn't be like... Yeah, you yeah. should say it. So I would say it even to my boss, even to my dad, I would say it. Mm. Like, that's wrong. That's not right. Mm. Actually, I, I, I did say something similar to, to, to my parents. Mm. Um, nothing nothing major. It's just that something that something... I mean, they're human beings too. Mm-hmm. So things that, things that I know to be objectively false, I'll call them out. Respectfully, I'll call them out. Yeah. But I call them out anyway. Okay. Here's another question I want to ask you. The last question out of the three. Do you have an element of merepitness in you? Because everything you say is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> ask my wife. Okay, so you are She normal. can write a book about how merepit Ayman Azlan is. Okay, great. But just checking. The, like, merepit and deep for me is just, um, it blends it blends well. Mm-hmm. In my personality, uh, I am rapid and deep at the same time, right. and it's not like one or the other. It's just it's just uh, different colors of the same hue. So even that is deep, lah. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Like so, okay. like my rapidness can go off the charts, off the roof. If if I if I open that kind of worm, I see. But um, you know, I look at the I look at the occasion. The occasion Situation. calls for a serious conversation. Therefore, I'll be serious. The occasion calls for silliness. You will see me go silly all day long. Mm. So yeah, it, it goes Adapt by case by case basis. Yeah. Got it. So I'm not like this all the time, eh? So don't worry, eh? Don't it's worry. Gamer. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. So we are at the end of the conversation, unfortunately, because it was so much fun speaking to you, Ayman. Um, but before we wrap up, I have a question that I always ask my guests at the end of the episode, which is, what is your word for 2020? I have to put it in a word, eh? Uh, in a word. One word, eh? Yeah, one word. Oh. Family. Family? Yeah. I have to explain it, eh? Yeah, obviously. Okay. <laughs> so for 2020, my word is family because I would like to uh, establish a workflow 
where I can spend more time at home. Mm-hmm. So previously, I travel a lot. I travel a lot, and I kind of feel uh, guilty mm-hmm. doing that because I I have less time with the family, less quality time with the family. So for 2020, uh, what I aim to do is uh, be more. Uh, present at home mm-hmm. still working on it by the way mm-hmm. not perfect so that's why I established Kinderkaisen in Perlis so that I could be in uh, Perlis and also uh, I wanted to start something similar with you AA Plus I wanted to start something um, the 150 Club where yes. for only 150 people you get this subscription service where um we can have like a mentorship session together. Perfect. Right? A long-term mentorship session. And the reason why I chose 150 as the number is because that's the Dunbar's number. We talked about it before the recording, right? Dunbar's number basically means that you can only have a meaningful relationship with 150 people. Yeah. Beyond that, it's too much. Yeah. You can't handle it. So... 150 is a good number. I think it's a great number. So once I have 150 people, I'll just close I'll just it. close it and just uh, cater to 150 people. Perfect. When do you think it will be launched? Probably sometime in March. Okay. So okay. In March. Sometime in March. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. Inshallah. Pray for that because um, the technicalities of it all is something that I probably gonna have to learn uh, a lot from UA plus. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things to figure out. Yeah. But very exciting stuff. What I'm looking forward to the most is people's stories. I love to, I like to hear people's stories. Yeah. I usually have a touch and go relationship. You tell me your story, I give you some answer, blah, 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 and then end. Mm. With 150 Club, it's it's something that's more long term. Yeah. It's a mentorship relationship where I could help you. You can help each other, basically. Yeah. To, as a community. Exactly. To achieve what you would like to achieve as your idea of a better version mm. of yourself. That's great. So I'm that's the that. 2020 vision and their word family. is family. I I'm doing all of this because I want to I want to be more at home with family. I think that's beautiful. Your even aunt- though even though it's hard, I still think about work when I'm with family, so it it is something that I would You're working to on it. Out. You're yeah. working on it. Yeah. But family is beautiful and I like that you chose that, mashallah. So yes, please send my love to Mira. Cool. Um I would love Hope to she's listening to this. I don't know. <laughs> And um, agree that both AAs are equally good. No one's better than the other. <laughs> uh, arguable, but I, I, I can I can live with it. <laughs> agree to disagree. Um, okay, and um, again, as usual, Ayman, thank you so much for flying all the way from Perlis. No worries. Really, My pleasure. It's really nice to have you here. And I hope to see you again, maybe in a year. Maybe we should do like a time capsule thing, you know? Sure. Last year I recorded one, this year I recorded one, next year I recorded one. Well, we'll we'll see each other next year and see the progress. Yeah, inshallah. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Ayman. And with that, we'll see you guys in the next episode, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Bye. Wa alaikum salam. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. I hope you took away a new idea, a new perspective, or maybe even got you in the mood to do some soul reflection, inshallah. There's so much more good stuff coming up on the Ida Azlin show, so be sure to follow. And only if you want to, you can also share this episode all over the internet. You'll make my day if you do. If you want to hear more from me, I also write a love letter every Tuesday to over 60,000 ladies from all around the world. And I'd love for you to join us. To subscribe for free, you can go on over to idaazlin.com and enter your email address and inshallah, the following Tuesday, you'll get your first love letter from me delivered straight to your inbox. 
Once again, this podcast is proudly sponsored by AA+, the premium monthly membership program for curious seekers. Here's what some of the girls have to say about it. Hidayah says, You know what, Ida? I unsubscribe Netflix because I think AA+, is way better than it. I really enjoy AA+, it's worth my money and my time. Kina says, never regretted joining AA+. I love all of the content and I've seen a lot of progress within me ever since I joined the community. I feel extremely blessed to be able to listen, to read and to learn from all of the content being shared on AA+. If you guys want to join Hidayah and Kina and the rest of the AA+, champions, or if you want to know more about AA+, simply head on over to aaplus.co and let us take care of the rest. And with that, thank you guys once again. I'll see you guys very soon, inshallah. Bye!